0: Welcome to the LIBF Financial Education Team Podcast. In each episode, we will discuss the key topics that impact on financial education, and whenever possible, include guests we can get their thoughts and ideas too. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode. David
1: Anderson, welcome to our introductory episode for Talk Money Week. How are you? Uh, Very well, thank you, Scott. And thank you. At this time, I wanted to just mention of your help with uh, organizing um, and your coordination of the uh, Talk Money Week uh, initiative. It's really been helpful to have you um, assisting me. No problem at all. At my pleasure. It's a team effort as always.
0: Um, but you are the Talk Money Week guru for uh, 2021, and you've put through, uh, put for, put together, shall I say, a really good agenda for the week. But before we look at that in more detail, for those that are listening that maybe don't know about Talk Money Week or have heard of it but are not too sure what it's all about,
1: what is Talk Money Week about? Okay, so Talk Money Week is pretty much an initiative put together by uh, Money and Pension Services, and it's really an initiative to help people, staff, um, as well as our customer base, which are schools and colleges uh, that we deal with in in, uh, financial education, start talking about money. And that's in essence what it is. And I think that's one of the ways we can start realizing how important it is. You know our remit anyway already is to educate and improve the financial literacy of youngsters in schools and colleges. But this is a a generic uh, week that we look at speaking about money, whether you're in the workplace, in schools, wherever, just to get people starting to talk about money. Because as you well know, uh, money has always been a taboo uh, subject, specifically in British culture. And we're trying to steer away from that and encourage people to have These discussions, which are really important when it comes to relationships, when it comes to, you know, environments that that we we have issues, especially after the last year, which um, has been very difficult on some. So it's an important topic that we need to bring out of the air and discuss openly and transparently. Brilliant.
0: Sounds excellent. Looking forward to it. Well, I know there's a full agenda and some of these things are for us at the LIBF internally only and some things are going to be shared more broadly. But will you walk us through the agenda so we know what to look forward to?
1: Absolutely. So on our internal database, we will be um, obviously giving an update each day. But just for those who are listening and want to, to uh, tune in, so to speak, we're going to have uh, a series of podcasts. Uh, one of them is obviously today being uh, Monday at the kickoff, um, and that is a first installment of Money Memories. And that's just where some of our staff discuss um their first initial memories of money. I just thought it was a brilliant idea, um, which we'll talk about maybe later. Um, so there's a podcast on money memories on Monday and Wednesday. We've also got a financial fitness test. So just like we do tend to do tests, you know, on how fit we are physically, uh, there's one that you can take part in on an online quiz, and then it kind of helps you analyze how you can possibly shape your personal finances. We've got a, another podcast on Thursday. Also raising awareness of pensions, how important not only to look at money that you have now, but money you're saving for for the future. And then we wrap up on Friday with a personal financial quiz. Hope to see you there, Scott, uh, where we have a live quiz testing just your knowledge on personal finance. Um, that's going to be hosted by one of our RMs, and with a £25 Amazon voucher up for grabs for the winner. Love it, love it all, sounds
0: fantastic, especially the money memories, but I like that. If we're gonna uh, encourage others to talk about money, it's only right that we do so ourselves. So with that in mind, then it wouldn't be right not to ask you
1: about your most kind of maybe treasured money memory. Absolutely, I think this is how it came about because somebody actually asked me, well, What what do you think about money? Why why do you think we should speak about it? And I'll never forget uh, watching the Dragon's Den program where one of the dragons was discussing her memory of money and how she remembers the bailiffs coming in to take her parents' furniture and her uncle had given her five pounds and she had saved on this. And it was just an incredible story, very emotive. And it led me to think: well, this could be a brilliant thing that we all talk about. But to answer your question specifically, um, I think my first memory of money was when I got pocket money back in the day. Now, bearing in mind, South Africa, it was cents and rands as a Opposed to pounds and pence and so i got the equivalent of um 20 cents which probably is like 2p equivalent now and i with that money had to work out at my young age of nine or so how much i could go and spend on the tuck shop because i only got it once a week it wasn't like every day and i worked out um for four, four of those 20 pence uh, sorry cents uh 12 uh, cents could I could get a Chelsea bun and eight cents I could get um, a packet of crisps as such but I couldn't get anything more like a milkshake or whatever so I really had to work at, you know some of them were too much uh, in terms of the you know, the milkshake was uh, 20 pence itself, uh, cents itself. So, um, you know, I really had to be clever. And that's when I realized how important it is to, to look after your money, to make it stretch effectively. So even at that young age of nine, I was I was pretty savvy. Of course, my brothers, uh, they didn't really um, look after their money. and were always asking me for money if I'd saved it or whatever the case is. But that was my first initial... Uh, sort of interaction with money and I realized then you had to be quite clever uh with how you how you spent it to, to make sure it goes well it's funny isn't it how you know those small memories
0: from way back when stick in your mind because it has so much importance maybe later in life as well and I know we've got six great guests that share some wonderful stories too um, and I think we're going to have a few of those uh following from this episode and then a few more I think you say it can be released on Wednesday I believe
1: that's correct. Yes, so we basically round up some of our staff, and I do encourage you uh, to listen in. Uh, we've actually got some very reputable guests uh, in our in our in our midst, and they will be sharing their money memories. So it will be interesting to to hear from them as to you know various ages, backgrounds, etc., how they've. Uh, Good and bad memories, I'm told, not only good memories, um, have been uh, uh, shared. So I do encourage you to listen, continue listening on to this podcast, as well as the one that's going to go out on Wednesday, uh, the 10th of
0: November. Thanks, Dave. David. Have a great Talk Money Week. Enjoy it. Enjoy the episodes coming up. Enjoy Wednesday's one and everything else. And um, yeah, look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks. Thanks, Scott.
2: Hi, John. How are you doing? I'm very well, Scott. How are you? I'm very
0: good. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. Like everyone, I know how busy you are, but you've agreed to be one of our guests for our Talk Money Week Money Memories podcast episodes. So thank you for that. It's a great honor to be asked. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> well, I know you, you spoke briefly before you hit the record button, and you do a lot of these podcasts. So um, you're familiar with the format and stuff, but hopefully, this will
2: be a bit different. You kind of sharing your thoughts and ideas and spent, stuff on, spent money on stuff we didn't want to spend money on, I'm sure. Or, or, exactly. or little guilty pleasures here and there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, look, before we get into that, if it's okay for those that don't know you, can you share a bit about background and what it is your role at LIBF?
2: Sure. Uh, uh, So my name is John Somerville. I'm head of financial services here at the LIBF. I've been here for three years, Um, spent the last 30 years of my career working in financial services. uh, And we're talking about regulated financial services. So financial advice, mortgage advice, and the like. And I've looked after, managed, looked after, done the role of financial advisor and many other things. uh, And latterly in the last 12 13 years i've been in learning and development and obviously the qualification space um and i've worked for some of the biggest companies in the uh, in the business so you know the likes of AXA, legal in general aviva um various others and uh, including obviously LIBF, which is ultimately com- culminating in in where we are today which i absolutely love working here
0: brilliant well it's great having you as part of our team we we know you do a wonderful job um, in the role you're doing libf and obviously with such an esteemed background there it'd be more even more interesting to hear then about maybe your money memory and what you're happy to share with us if that's okay
2: yeah sure um so you know it it was very nice to be asked actually and of course it provoked a few things from my distant past. And before I was a financial advisor, I worked as a, as a retail manager. So I've worked for a long gone company now called Safeway, which uh, is now part of the Morrisons uh, group of supermarkets, but it was an American supermarket when it was in the in the uh, UK before it was bought by various other things. You know what these things are like, companies get bought and sold all over the place. Yeah. Um, so I as a retail manager, and knew nothing about financial services. So when I bought my first house, I had absolutely no real sort of clue other than, you know, my dad had a mortgage. I ought to get a mortgage. My dad had an endowment mortgage. I'll have an endowment mortgage. You know, you basically follow, you know, what your parents have done in the past. Um, So, you know, so that that house buying experience actually wasn't too bad. It was fairly straightforward, although two things really. One is I realised very quickly I knew nothing about houses um as in you know the fact is I didn't know what I was looking at whether it was okay or whether it was falling down or whatever it just had windows in the door and it looked seemed fine I learned to my cost <laughs> afterwards it wasn't fine uh, and then the second even though even with a survey um and then the second thing was that um no matter how well you think you can budget nobody really prepares you for how much it's actually going to cost and the first home Uh, for somebody who's not you know really didn't think about it too much I thought you know you know coming from a background I was earning a reasonable amount of money I was quite happy I'd just come from working or living from home so of course my outgoings were pretty much spent on me Um, and then all of a sudden they weren't spent on me anymore they were spent on bills and and god knows how many other things and budgeting just went out the window and it it was um, a period where I have to say I don't think I've ever been quite so skint (laughs) <laughs> um, in all my life. And I have to say that um you know, if, if I'd had that time over again, um, I would have really sought far more in-depth um advice from professionals and, and worked out exactly how much things were going to cost and budgeted properly. Um, I, I I do think um people are a little bit more prepared these days because of the regulatory. Advice that they're given. And budgeting is very much part of the advice process. But I don't think anything really prepares you for how much money you end up spending on your home. Uh, and, you know, so and I can see why people spiral into debt. You know, everything goes on a credit card. You know, you want to get the latest thing, you want the big widescreen TV and a nice sofa. And um, but the reality then, of course, is that, you know, if you want to spend money on all the nice things, you've got to really budget properly um so before I bought my my first house I was you know I was actually pretty good at saving I was putting money away you know regularly I was pretty good at that sort of thing used to have my little Halifax account used to bung money into and all that sort of stuff and uh, and then that just sort of disappeared and I don't think I was able to save properly for about five to ten years after I'd actually bought my first home and and I think people you know sometimes just don't realize things aren't not going to be the same again um (laughs) it's quite so true yeah yeah. So, but, yeah so I mean if that if that helps anybody you know I, I, and I hope it does but you know it, it's you know I, I suppose it's not a horror story because you know you get through it but you learn really quickly what, yeah. what to, how to navigate your way through
0: and I think that's part of these conversations John's honest with you is the fact that look, should we be learning as we go through it? I mean and there's dangers yeah. there isn't there I mean fortunately for you you know you, you come to the other side and, and it's,
2: all, it's all been okay but for some it doesn't always pan out that way does it no. Very serious debt issues in the UK, as we know. Um, charities like StepChange, etc., are set up to help people through um, mortgage problems. You know, there's, there's a huge amount of debt in the UK, as we know, and it's building up consistently year on year on year, where people are throwing their problems, effectively kicking the can down the road, but paying huge amounts of interest. And I think this is another thing that people realise or don't realise that if they're just servicing their debts, they really are just spiralling and, it, and, 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 you know, to seek help, I think, and there's so much help that's out there. So first and foremost, before you get into that situation, really te- spend the time, do the research. If you're not hundred percent, don't enter into anything that, you know, you're unsure about that could potentially put you into a, a difficult financial position. Once you are satisfied, then that should then go a lot more smoothly. We all get bumps in the road, the, the central heating will break down, uh, you know, all sorts of things will happen. A big bill will come in, a leak in the roof, et cetera, you know, and uh, and, uh, and the like. But for those that aren't prepared, burying your head in the sand and not doing anything about it is probably the worst thing. I think that's the really big issue. I was able to, once I realized I was struggling, I I, 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 I spoke to my parents. I spoke to um, uh, friends who had who, gone through similar experiences and how they'd got through it, which probably helped me. But for those that um, quite happily will, um, if you like, I think social media adds an awful lot of pressure where people want to show that they've got the latest thing. But the reality is no, nobody ever says, oh, by the way, I've also got a few debt problems as well, you know, so, that, you know, it, but they go hand in glove, unfortunately, when you want to show off your, you know, everything that's sat in the background. So I think. Um, money management budgeting and really you know if things aren't going so well speak to people speak to the bank the banks are brilliant um banks and building societies are absolutely fantastic at hearing people out that you're not judged in the way that you used to be um so when i bought my first house um uh, back in, you know unfortunately we're talking, it's probably 30 years ago that i bought my first house it was around about that sort of time and um yeah i mean that the, the you know the um back then if you were in a position where um you needed to speak to the bank the bank would affect you know you would feel judged you would feel like oh actually they're going to put you under pressure to repay your debt you're not going to get you know whereas now there, there are all sorts of payment options that people can look at um you know the the banks will talk through how they can Lower your payment costs, try and help you through difficult periods, etc., without actually incurring too many interest charges. And of course, with debt, it's the interest charges that will actually, you know, is the, it's hardly the cherry on the cake, but if you know what I mean, it's the it's the bit that will finish people off because that interest will spiral and cause huge amounts of damage over the, over the longer term.
0: You've been kind enough to share, you know, a personal memory today as part of this podcast. How important do you think it is, and maybe you touched on it in what you said previously, but how important do you think it is that people do speak open about money? You know, do you see the benefit of actually having a more open conversation around the topic of money?
2: Yeah, first of all, you know, um, it, it's finding somebody you trust. I think, you know, that's that that's really important and that will help you to open up about money. And, you know, so so if you don't feel like you can talk to friends and family, um, there are charities and there are, you know, Citizens Advice, the, the banks, that, you know, sometimes speaking to, People more anonymous, but that that can really give you solid advice is probably as equally uh, powerful. And opening up to those people, you'll find actually, you know, that, that, that with debt especially, that problem shared really is a problem halved. Not obviously, it'd be nice if you could halve your debt like that, but it certainly helps with being able to manage it through and think actually there is a way out of this, and there is a way to be able to understand it a bit better. And I think a lot of people do have a lot of misunderstandings when it comes to their mortgages, their debts, their credit card debts, any loans that they've taken out, etc. There's a huge amount of misunderstanding about how it's managed and how that debt will, um, you know, spiral if it's not managed correctly. Um, So, and obviously, you know, we enter into contracts and sometimes the small print is often overlooked. Um, You know, there are certain protections that are in there for consumers that some people aren't aware of. And there are also things that you have signed up for. And you have an obligation to 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 repay that money. And obviously, that's, you know, ultimately where, you you know, everybody wants to get you. But instead of it, these days, it's far easier to come to an understanding rather than, you know, feel that you are being singled out. Uh, And, you know, because quite honestly, there's an awful lot of people who need managing through this problem. Brilliant.
0: John, that is awesome. Thank you so much for your time. That's gone really quick. We can speak for hours, I'm sure, about this.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> but it is I'm really going to Extremely
2: quickly, Scott. I have to say.
0: <laughs> I've got more questions, but I've got, got me, about 10 minutes. But I think, look, the important thing is you know you've kindly shared you know your own journey a little bit around some some money memories there and i think the more that we do it the more we can learn from things and yet often it's related to debt and making good choices around there, but also investments and opportunities as well isn't it you know you've got to be careful about the advice you take and always make sure that it's coming from a, a good source but both on kind of managing the negative side of money but also looking at the positive side of money the more we talk about it the more opportunities are there for everyone
2: is that fair to say well uh, obviously coming from a regulated financial advice background um so very kind of you to bring that up as well i i i can absolutely 100% tell you, tell anybody on this call if if you want regulated solid financial advice go and see a qualified financial advisor or a qualified mortgage advisor who will give you Um, fully backed up advice uh, and that that advice is is the advice that is guaranteed so you know you need to understand that um, you know investment savings all those things your, your pension that you don't understand anything about the funds that you're in that you don't you know you'd like to think that they're invested in think companies that you like but you might find that your investments are sat in arms or tobacco or oil that you don't want it to be and all these things that you know go and seek advice these people will talk you through everything that you need to know and um, and it's important you know to to get that trusted ad- advice from such you know distinguished professionals who take their qualifications with us uh, as well as others <laughs> uh, and uh, and you know well, you know, I, I, and if you want to become a financial advisor yourself, then come and talk to me. I'll talk you through. Right, how I like.
0: know you'd get a plug in John somewhere. Well done,
2: <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> thank you so
0: much for that. I really appreciate your time. Enjoy Talk Money Week, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much, Scott, and see you soon. Hi, Nana. How are you doing?
3: Good morning, Scott. I am great. Thank you very much.
0: Excellent. Well, look, thank you so much for agreeing to be one of the guests on our libf talk money week money memories episodes not easy to say (laughs) in the morning it's much appreciated before we delve into your money memory can you tell us a bit about your role at libf what it is you do
3: Yeah, sure. So my name is Naina, like you said, I work for the financial education team. Um, I'm a team coordinator for three RMs. And actually, you, Scott, are one of those RMs. I coordinate for you. So we deliver financial education across schools across the UK. And my job is basically to book in those meetings and do some stuff behind the scenes.
0: Well, if you had a full job title, it'd be superb. Our coordinator, because <laughs> you're excellent. So I'm in very good hands with you. And thank, thank you so much for agreeing. To this I'm intrigued to know because we talk a lot through work stuff, but this will be something we we haven't spoken about. So um yeah. if you're happy and willing and ready, would you share with us one of your money memories?
3: Yeah, so this is one of them embarrassing things that I forced myself to talk about because I feel like it's important for people to really hear other people's stories. So I was around 25 and I was living at home with my mom and I wanted to start a brand new life. And at the time I was engaged, Um, I had a son and, you know, life was rosy. Um, I had a really good job. Anyway, so the bank, because I had a previous loan and my credit score was very good, they decided to offer me a massive amount of money, which was like... Here you go, come and take this type of thing. Um, and it was 18,000 pounds at the time. So I was 25 years old. And I was like, oh, I could start a brand new life with that money. I could like start a brand new business. Okay. So then me and this guy that was engaged, we went to the bank. We had this like massive meeting and we agreed together that I was going to take out this money and we was going to start a brand new life together. We was going to move to the seaside. Um, we was going to start this like music business or whatever it was we signed the contract I signed the contract because it obviously was under my name but we were there together and we we left my mom's house and we moved so the problem with that is that when we got to the seaside there was absolutely no jobs there so actually that big chunk of money that we had left um, went towards all of the bills instead for about eight months. And um, by the time that that year finished, I had about three, four months left of that contract. I had zero money. I was alone with my son. So that relationship broke down and um, I was in complete debt with um, with 18,000 pound debt. And it was about 400 pounds a month that I had to pay towards it every month, um, alone with no job. You could imagine how that looks like. Um, And at the time, though, I tried to ask for help from the bank and I said, listen, I'm going to next month. I'm not going to be able to make the payment. Um, Can you help me? And they refused to help me until I missed the payment. And that missed payment was what caused you know my credit score to go down and it, it made me angry for for a couple of years that they did that because I was like listen I'm coming to you I'm responsible I'm saying to you I'm having problems and you're saying that you can't help me until I actually prove that I have problems which is missing the payment and it, it made me angry for a very time a long time but then they uh, compensated me actually a few years after then they got but I took it I was like thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I ended up moving back into my mom's house, um, which was um, very lucky for me. And now I'm in the opposite position where I um, have a lot of savings instead of a lot of debt.
0: If you could go back to your 25 year old self, what would you say to yourself?
3: Well, uh, yeah, this is one of the things I was thinking. What was I thinking? Because firstly, I've, I've learned a big lesson, right? When you go into partnership with somebody or, or you're in a partnership, like engaged or whatever, financial decisions, oh, I don't know if this is going to sound bad, but I feel like people should be as independent as they can and do as little as they can together because you just never know and in that situation just messed me up but what was I thinking I had no real plans I had this massive money and now I know about project proposals and and how to put a project together but back then I just had dreams and ideas so I feel like if you're going to take money out for a business you should really have more than just dreams you know um so yeah. I would say don't do it because it's cause the next <laughs> yeah. seven years is going to be hell <laughs>
0: And Naina, then why do you think at the time you did do it?
3: I think firstly, I was excited at change because I'd never seen that pot of money in one, in you know, one place before. So I was just excited. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's a change. I can change. So it was an inspiration of wanting to change. I guess it's to understand that what I was trying to do. I had no knowledge of where I was going, no knowledge about moving into a new area, starting a new business. I had no knowledge of how to control that. So I just went in. As, as I am with these dreams without any kind of going, OK, but actually, have you looked if there's jobs before you move to that area? No. Have you looked at um, your business plan for this music? No, you haven't. So, so there was no advice, I guess, at the time.
0: I've worked in banks before and they're certainly often better informed than maybe the consumer is. And due for that reflection, they probably knew what they were doing more maybe than you did at the time.
3: Yeah, for sure. Cause I I remember that the the feeling of sitting in a bank is that he was excited for me to sign a paper. So it meant something to him that I was signing a paper and I knew that. But then he but then it was exciting for me to have the money and I didn't want him to know that either because he was like, Oh, what are you gonna use it for? I was like, Oh I'm not sure yet. And I knew exactly what I was gonna use it for because you know, and so then we was just both playing this game, like he really wanted me to sign it, I really wanted the money and then we just yeah. made it happen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Brilliant. Well, look. thank you for sharing such a personal money memory. We've all been there. You know, and that's what this is all about, talking about that stuff. Just my final question to you then really is, how important do you think it is for people to talk about money?
3: So super, super important, Scott. Um, And I'm, for one, very, very open about money. If somebody asks me, how much money do you make a year? I'll be like, this much um this is how much i get taxed um this is how much i should think i should be making and whatever so i'm yeah. very open and i feel like secrets um mean people don't learn so for example my little son my little boy he knows a lot about my life he knows a lot about all this that happened with the, the bank and he knows all of that so for me to be open about that some people might not agree with it cuz kids are kids or whatever but he's going to make so much better financial decisions than i did because i'm there saying listen i've messed up here don't do that okay so so I feel like it's super important and also I just I, I wish that at school because at school they just said oh this is the career that you can make do you want to do that or not they didn't say this is how much you need to survive this is how much London um, costs to live in this is how much you should make if you're going to stay in London that job pays that that job pays that Um, what you're going to do instead they didn't do none of that right they didn't tell me none of that they just said these are the jobs what do you want to do
0: Naina, that's been awesome. Thank you so much. We could probably talk for about an hour on, on this, at least I reckon, but I appreciate yeah. you sharing your money memory. These are personal things, but you're dead right. Like if we can all open up a little bit more, we're all going to learn a bit more, which hopefully makes us all in a better position moving forward. So you've been a star. Thank you so much, Naina. I really appreciate your time. Is that okay?
3: Yes. Thank you, Scott. Thank you yeah. for having
0: me. Hi, Osmond, How are you doing?
4: I'm doing very well. Thanks. And you?
0: Very good indeed. Thank you very much. I know you're very busy, so I'm very grateful for your time. And thank you for agreeing to be one of our guest speakers for our Talk Money Week Money Memories uh, podcast episodes, which is encouraging people to really just share and open up some of their experiences around money and maybe share uh, one particular experience if they can. But before we do that, if you don't mind, just a bit about you and your role at LIBF.
4: Yes, I've been working at LIBF now for four years. I'm a senior lecturer in the higher education the university arm of libf and i teach things related to finance fintech finance and i have to frighten the first years tomorrow
0: brilliant and yeah the new academic year is kind of starting off now isn't it so uh, yeah, it's all systems go again.
4: teaching week so it's brilliant. a bit chaotic
0: Okay, well, let's get into the good stuff or the bad stuff, depending on where this story is going to go. Um, If if you're happy to, would you share maybe a personal money memory that you think um, taught you something?
4: Yes. I mean, I my personal money memory actually goes back to when I was seven years old. And on my seventh birthday, my father took me aside and said, you have to understand something. And he said, when your grandfather died a few years before he left you some money that are invested in something called a guilt. And this was a a government bond issued by the government. And it was a £1,000, which in the 1970s was quite a lot of money. And it was at 10%. And he said, now you're seven, you can have the interest. So twice a year, I would get 50 quid, which if your principal concern in life is ethics, kids, is actually pretty good going. But I had to work out what to spend it on and look after it and start to think about these things. And you know, it's an important thing to be able to plan with your money. And I actually was fortunate in that I had a father who advised me about this when I was really quite young, that it's an important skill for everybody to be able to manage money or it slips through your fingers.
0: I mean, obviously, that that is very young to be given some kind of good financial advice trying to think back to when you were seven then did you understand what you were being asked to consider did it make sense or yes or how i did, did Well, my dad was
4: pretty good at explaining stuff um and he explained what a guilt was and how it worked it was originally held at the post office before they stopped doing such things and he said you know so two dates a year i don't know what dates they were you get to go and get this money would appear in your post office account and you can go and take out the old fiver if you want to go and buy another aircraft kit from airfix or whatever it was
0: <laughs> and if you don't mind me asking then i mean how did that investment work out for you over the longer
4: term you well it stayed and i was allowed access to the capital at the age of 18 and no anything with it um until it went into the pot and i bought my first house
0: so I guess there's a few messages in, in, in that story. and Thank you for sharing it. We work in financial education, work with young people. How do you feel the financial understanding of young people is, maybe compared to the 70s or 80s?
4: There's more information out there, but there's also more disinformation out there. So people are getting plastic younger. People are getting, you know, Starling now has a, an under 18 card and things like this. You've got access to it, but people do need to have some stuff explained to it. When my, when my kids went to university, I sat down with them one by one and said, right, money works and you've got to do this. And people do need to be told that. Or if you're not careful, especially with contactless, you lose track of what you're spending. Yeah. And you really do need to be keeping track of what you're spending and what you've got and what you haven't got. Or you suddenly find you've blown it all.
0: And this kind of cashless society, I guess, does that mean that financial education is more important than it may have been back when we were younger? Because I, I remember getting pound notes and pound coins and 1Ps, and it felt real. And when you're looking to save up money, you can literally see your money jar getting more full. But children yeah. don't really have, or, or, you know, there's not, there's cashless, it's cashless, right? It's now,
4: Yeah, it's now electronic money. Yeah. Um, the problem with that, it can be easy come, easy go. And do you, a lot of people don't actually either literally in a ledger or mentally keep tabs of how much money is in the account and it's just a question of being aware what there is there or you you, you do find that because it's electronic easy come easy go you you know you flash the card and the money's gone and suddenly you flash the card and there's no money and
0: osmond just generally speaking this is obviously part of talk money week which we know is important and we believe in the the concepts of just sharing ideas and hopefully by chatting about money and being more open about these things, we can um, share good and bad experiences and hopefully make better decisions. But you know, what, what's your take on the whole idea of talking about money and the importance of it? Is it something that you see as a, an issue in this country or is it something that you don't see as a problem?
4: I think it's better than some other countries. You know, There's a saying in Switzerland where I live that uh, you don't talk about money, you just have it. But you do need to have conversations so people know what they're dealing with and how how to approach money. And that can be especially true when people come into any form of inheritance of any size. Because suddenly you go, sports car or whatever it is that comes to mind, and actually you need to be prepared for receiving money and have some ideas as to what you might want to do with it and how you can put it to good use rather than let it be frittered away. So they're very important conversations to have. You don't have to talk every day about money, but you do need to have those conversations
0: thank you so much really appreciate your time i think you made a really valid point about the importance of maybe being introduced to some of these concepts at a young age and how actually by getting that foundation in place at a young age you know then you get more confidence around the subjects of money and then you can make hopefully better decisions as you as you get older so thank you for saying your own sharing your own personal experience it's really really appreciated i know you're busy best of luck with the new academic year with the students um, and i look forward to chatting to you again soon
4: okay then thanks
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if so, please remember to leave a review and share. To find out more about the work we do at LIBF and our French education qualifications, please contact us or visit our website. All details can be found in this episode's show notes.